0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Angels, all things paranormal. This is Angel Talk. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Angel Talk. I'm Rachel Corpus, angel communicator and psychic medium. This week we get to learn something new, and you know how that makes my spirit bubble up. We get to talk to Julie Ryan. I know a lot of you know about Julie Ryan because I actually heard of Julie Ryan through you listeners, so thank you for bringing her to my attention. Julie Ryan is an inventor, entrepreneur, and author who learned how to be a psychic and medical intuitive more than 25 years ago after inventing a number of globally used surgical devices and founding nine companies in five industries julie settled into her talents as a psychic and medical intuitive going on to write her books angelic attendance what really happens as we transition from this life into the next the angel messages series of four children's books and the two-minute rule Her Ask Julie Ryan show, which I love everybody. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Love it. Love it. Can't get enough of it. Her Ask Julie Ryan show has an extremely loyal following with an audience from all over the world. So welcome to the show, Julie Ryan. Thanks, Miss Rachel. I'm so delighted to be with you. Oh, my gosh. Me too. I just love your spirit and your accuracy. No pressure. But my gosh, you're so your accuracy, I believe is is based on your commitment to loving the people you help and knowing that you trust your guides. You're all in, aren't you, Julie? I am. Yes, very much. And it's spirit working
1: through me and with me to help facilitate healing, whether that be for a medical thing, Rachel, or a, or a grief thing or whatever. Childhood trauma, it just runs the gamut. And so I just believe it's spirit working through me and with me, spirit, God, universe, whatever you want to call it, source. It's all the same thing.
0: Yeah, it is all the same thing, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How did you come about this work? Well, gosh, about 30 years ago,
1: a girlfriend gave me a book called Anatomy of the Spirit by Carolyn Mays. And she called herself a medical intuitive. And I thought, what the heck is that? I'd never heard that before. And as you mentioned, when you were going over my bio, I was in the hospital supply industry for 30 years as a sales rep first, right out of school, selling hospital supplies to hospitals. And then as a Inventor and a manufacturer of surgical devices, so I was always interested in, in interested in helping people heal. And then when I heard the term medical intuitive, I I had never heard that before. And back then, Rachel, we didn't have the internet yet. Oh, I did the old fashioned thing, and I went to a bookstore, actually a Barnes and Noble, to yeah. see if there was anything else available. I thought they're more likely to have something than even perhaps my local library. And I went in there and I found a book called Hands of Light by Barbara Brennan. Both Carolyn Mace and Barbara Brennan are are PhDs. And Barbara was a a former NASA physicist who parlayed very complex quantum physics principles into understandable English for the non-scientific mind. That would be me. Hello, me too. Yep. And so I read her book and I wanted to know more and I called her school that at the time was on Long Island in New York. And I said, do you guys have anybody teaching this stuff dare me? And they said, yeah, as a matter of fact, we do. And so I studied with a woman for six years who's still my mentor, Rachel. She's in her 80s now. And I talk to her at least once a month. I just adore her. And fast forward now, I teach people around the world how to do all this stuff that I do. And Just inventiveness and and how we progress. What took me six years to learn, I condense into a weekend. And it's the transfer of energy. So my feeling is once I connect with spirit, you can do it all. You could talk to your deceased loved ones. You can talk to spirits that are attached to a body. You can talk to angels, spirit guides, to energetic healings. Talk about past lives, whatever, because it's all the same thing. It's all connecting with spirit. I call it my buffet of psychicness. So that's what I teach. I tell people I'm a businesswoman who learned how to do woo woo, and I'm a buffet of psychicness because once you tap into spirit, you can do it all.
0: Talk to me about the importance of spiritual practice or or practicing the the practice, practicing what you what you know. How did that fit in? Because I wonder how many people underestimate the doing part of it, because you're certainly came into this world gifted, as we all are, according to the angels. But man, lady, you put the work in. So when you teach people and when you continue to hone your own craft, how important is practice? I think it's utmost. It's of
1: the utmost importance. And thank you for touching on that because I think that's the missing link in a lot of situations. My trainings all have practice sessions and they're multiple times a week and they come with the training. And I say, you can learn something in the training but you're not going to do it well until you practice it. It's like you can learn to throw a football, but it doesn't mean that you're going to be a, an NFL quarterback playing in the Super Bowl. You know, those mm-hmm. guys have years and years and years of practice. And we all have the ability, everybody comes in with the ability. We've all had times where. For instance, we think of somebody and then they email us or text us or call us or we run into them, say, within 24 hours oftentimes. And we say, oh, my gosh, I was just thinking of you and here you are. Well, that's your intuitive capabilities. Or when you have a gut feeling about something and most of the time when we don't follow our gut feelings, we regret it. So that's all intuitive abilities. just a matter of developing and enhancing it.
0: Do parts of the body have different types of frequencies?
1: Oh, great question. I don't know that I've ever been asked that. I'm hearing from spirit. No. What I do is I raise my vibrational level in a nanosecond. What I teach, you don't need to meditate for an hour first, twirl three times, stand on your left foot and, you know, Uh wave your right hand it's not necessary you can turn it on and off in an instant i like you just do regular stuff if i'm yeah. not working with clients or turning i call it turning my radar on so yeah. Yeah, like you i'm a mom and a wife and a you know and a businesswoman and i fix dinner and i fold laundry and i do all that regular stuff so i don't walk around with my radar on but if i am if i'm notified that i need to turn it on i will I have a great story about that. If you'd like for me to share oh, yes, it. Yes, please, please. I was in the Driscoll Hotel in Austin, Texas, and I was giving a, a talk for at a business conference of C-suite executives. And one of my friends said, well, if you have extra time, go to the Driscoll for lunch. It's a historic hotel. And I love those. So I went and while I was having lunch, I read that they used to have psychics that would come visit their spa in the late 1800s and at the turn of the 20th century. And I thought, oh, that would be cool. So I asked for a tour, and this little bellman gave me a tour. And we walked upstairs, and the Driscoll is named after Colonel Driscoll, and there's a portrait of him in the lobby. He made his fortune selling beef to the Confederate Army during the American Civil War. So we walk up the stairs, and it's kind of a foyer area to a bunch of ballrooms. And I smelled cigar smoke. And I thought, there is no way they're going to let somebody smoke in this hotel, let alone a cigar. And so that was my clue to turn on my radar. And I did. And here comes Colonel Driscoll's spirit waltzing through the lobby of these ballrooms. And he looked exactly like he looked in his portrait in the main lobby of the hotel. And so I thought, oh, this is gonna be fun. Let's see what else I can find. And we walked in this one ballroom, Rachel, and it had these gold leaf mirrors, there were eight of them, and huge on all these walls in this ballroom. And at the top of these gold leaf mirrors, wooden mirrors, were these cameos of the same woman. So I said to my little bellman, do you know anything about these mirrors? Who's that woman? And he said, we believe they came from Emperor Maximilian's palace and we believe it was his wife, Carlotta. I never heard of Emperor Maximilian, but apparently he was the one and only emperor in Mexico. So his wife was Carlotta. And I hear in my head, which is a thought that came into my head, I hear that's not Carlotta, that's his mistress, Lucinda. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, okay. And so I said to this this young man, have you ever heard of Lucinda, his mistress? And he said, no, I haven't. I said, okay, fine. So I thought, what the heck? He's going on about the provenance of the mirrors and the ballroom and all of that and all the wonderful events that have been held there. So I called in Lucinda and Carlotta's spirits. And Rachel, they showed up in silk ball gowns with hoop skirts and jewels and tiaras and the whole nine yards. And they looked like they were best friends. And I said, who is that at the top? You know, who's that cameo on the top of all of the mirrors? And Lucinda said, it's me. And I said, "Okay, great. So fast forward. I leave the hotel. I'm going to get us to get something. I'm in a parking lot. This woman came up to me and she said, isn't this a beautiful day? We talked for a minute. And I told her I was visiting. And she said, well, welcome to Austin. I'm part of the Historical Society. And I said, oh, I just had lunch at the Driscoll. And she goes, oh, well, you know, it's haunted. And I said, yeah, I know. I'm a psychic and I saw lots of stuff when I was there. And she said, like, what? So long story short, she was a publisher. The book on the Driscoll had just gone into print. They just submitted it. She said, would you be willing to write the afterword? but I need it within the next couple of days. I said, sure. So I did. I wrote it on the plane on the way home. When I got home, Rachel, I looked up Emperor Maximilian Carlotta Lucinda. Guess what? There are all these references to Lucinda being his mistress. So I love it when science and history catches up with woo-woo and it validates it. Don't you love it when that happens? it is catching
0: up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we're seeing... Way to go, you. Let me just first say, I bet that felt really good. It was hilarious. And for Lucinda and Carlotta to say, finally, somebody sees us. Yeah. Thanks, sister. Well, that was a moment for them. What's the
1: chance? You know, you think about, I was led to go to that hotel. I was led to read that in the menu. I was led to ask for a tour. I was led to go upstairs on this tour. I was led to stop at a Trader Joe's to get snacks, which Uh had me meet this gal who was the publisher. I mean, it was like
0: all all orchestrated. Oh, come on. You know. Absolutely. I'm led to say the woo-woo and the science world are getting married again. They're reuniting Mm -hmm. again. Are you seeing that in your work?
1: Very much so. Yes. I find that... All kinds of references to the things that you and I experience from an intuitive standpoint are all throughout all the holy texts. They're out yes. They're throughout literature. You know, think of Plato's Republic and Shakespeare's King Lear. And perhaps the most well-known one in the Western world is A Christmas Carol by Dickens. You know, the <laughs> ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. I mean, all this stuff, all the holy texts, all of them have this stuff in them. And I think, and I'd love to hear your input on this, that as we've become more well-educated in the past, say, 100 years, 150 years, we have become more proof-based and we want to see proof that this stuff Mm -hmm. really exists. So Spirit's giving us proof and that's why it's coming
0: back together. Yes. I I love that. I love that idea. And I'm getting happy nods from the angels. Yes, absolutely. You asked for proof and we gave it to you. Now can we pull the pendulum back? You you have the proof. Now we need to bring the spirit back. We get to bring the spirit back so we can be more balanced. And your bodies now get to remember that you actually know how to heal yourselves and you don't need as much medicine. The pharmaceutical companies and the pharmaceuticals are going to back off this year and The more holistic way is going to come back this year. There's so many good things that I can see coming in 2024. And yeah, we're really going to be called in as both the healers and the ones to be healed to do our part to simply say, all right, I'm here for it. Well, absolutely. And I think
1: when people come in who just are normal, regular people that are talking about this stuff, instead of somebody who maybe has been chanting under crystals for their life in a yerk, not that there's anything wrong with that, but to the general public, I think sometimes people with Regular backgrounds sometimes are more readily accepted. And especially yes. when we have university based research that's corroborating and validating what we're saying. For example, my 12 phases of transition, which is how when somebody's dying, we're surrounded by angels and the spirits of deceased loved ones and pets. Well, university based research shows that 90% of people at the end of their lives. See deceased loved ones and the spirits of their pets that are deceased, either in dreams or visions.
0: 90% Rachel, that's a bunch. We have data for that now. Exactly. Right. I'm in love with that. I just am so grateful that there are people like you who are, who are bringing that to the table because we need people who are so passionate about this is what I know. I feel it in my heart, in my spirit, in my bones. And also, we need people who feel that as fervently and say, and also, love, here's the data. Yeah. We're coming oh, by around the way. to that balance. Yeah. Oh, by the way, here's the data.
1: Yeah. Well, and I find, too, that religions are starting to back off as well. I uh, talked to a lot of Catholics. I went through 12 years of Catholic schools and, and still go to church and, Take what I like and leave what I don't like, kind of a thing. Yeah. And so people say, Well, I'm Catholic, you know, they say you can't talk to spirits and angels and all that. I said, Are you kidding me? What are you, what do you think the saints and the Doing angels and whatever threw out the Bible, first of all. Yes. Secondly, the Pope, oh, Pope Francis in 2016 came out with this papal bull, which is kind of like a bullet in a newsletter, uh-huh. saying that. He wanted his pastors to welcome psychics and healers because they were doing the work of the Holy Spirit. And yes. my parish here in Birmingham, Alabama, gives a copy of my book, Angelic Attendance, what happens as we're transitioning to every family that comes in to plant a funeral. And there are many, many churches and synagogues around the country and even abroad that do the same thing. If somebody in the family is at the end of their lives or they've just lost someone And they give them this book that's all about what the prayers say in Paradisum is the angels and your loved ones will greet you and lead you into paradise. And that's exactly what I talk about and what I see from the spirit world. And that's what makes up the 12 phases of transition that I refer to. So again, not just the scientific community, but even the religious communities are starting to fall in line as well.
0: You mentioned to me before I hit record that listeners can get a copy of that book. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah. And I
1: have one right here. Angelic attendance. What really happens as we transition from this life into the next. And it's full of what happens in the 12 phases of transition. As I mentioned, how we're surrounded by angels and the spirits of deceased loved ones and pets. And also it has lots of stories about families with whom I've worked when they have a loved one at the end of their lives. And it's just so heartwarming and comforting and brings so much peace to people when they're grieving. The other thing that's interesting about it as well is there are illustrations in there of the 12 phases. And anybody can go to my website, ryan.com and go to the 12 phases page and you can download... A copy of the 12 phases that are all illustrated. Save it on your phone if you have somebody at the end of their lives. And then you just ask in your head, what phase is grandma in? And you'll hear seven, and then you can refer to the chart. But anybody that wants a free digital and audiobook version of my book, Angelic Attendance, just go to julie ryangift.com, julie and we'll send you a free version.
0: And I hope, so generous. I hope you enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I can't wait to share that content with my clients. That's such a gift. Thank you, Julie.
1: Absolutely.
0: Julie, I wonder if you could share with our listeners a little bit of your um, medical mediumship through the work of my body. Could sure. you check in with me. Thank yeah, I sure. I really appreciate that. Sure,
1: sure. Let me explain what happens first. Okay. So. I'm ready. Okay, so I raise my vibrational level to the level of spirit, because you know, we're all spirits attached to a body having a human experience. Most people have heard that five million times. And <laughs> when we're attached to a body, we vibrate more slowly simply because the body has mass. I use analogies a lot, Rachel, and I always think, well, if you try and run an electrical current through a bowl of pudding, it's going to slow it down. Right? And it's the same thing with spirit. So I raise my vibrational level. I close my eyes for a nanosecond. I'm going to watch a laser beam come from my body here in Birmingham. It's going to hook into you in Des Moines. And then I'm going to have a hologram of you in my mind's eye. And it's going to be as if I'm looking at an x-ray or a CT or an MRI. I'm like a human MRI. And then I'm going to envision shooting energy from your feet up through the top of your head. And the energy's going to go wherever, I always go in blind first because sometimes asymptomatic things appear and we head off a problem at the pass before it becomes problematic. So something will be identified. And then immediately thereafter, there will be some type of energetic healing that will begin. Now that can take the form of something getting added, something getting removed. I watch procedures all the time in my mind's eye, Rachel, that emulate what I saw in the operating room. For all those years when I was in there designing new inventions, testing prototypes, training doctors, training reps, all of that. Sometimes I see healings that utilize methodologies and devices that haven't been invented yet. And regardless of what I'm seeing in my mind's eye, I want you to be very I'm gonna be very descriptive with you and I want you to imagine everything I'm describing because if you can imagine it, it's gonna help integrate the healing into your body because the body's gonna follow what the brain's telling it even if the brain doesn't believe it to be true. Think of a time when you watched a scary movie on TV. Well, your brain knew it was pretend but your heart might have felt like it was getting ready to jump out of your chest because it was beating so fast. So that's how this works. So again, it's spirit working through me and with me to help facilitate healing. It's really important to remember, nobody heals anybody else. We all heal ourselves. You alluded to that earlier. You are right on with that. Because no doctor, no healer, no medical professional ever heals anybody else. And if you think about it, When somebody has surgery, at the end of the procedure, the surgeon's going to close the incision with sutures and staples. Well, the surgeon doesn't make the person's skin grow back. They make their own skin grow back. And so that's how this works. So at the end of the day, the healing is going to happen on the energetic level. It's going to integrate into your body. That may happen instantly. It may take days, weeks, months. It may need some kind of complementary care like change in diet, physical therapy, even surgery. I talked to a woman this morning who needs cataracts. She has cataract surgery. She keeps saying, well, I feel like I can heal it on my own. I said, well, yeah, you can, but you can go in the operating room for 10 minutes and it's gonna be fixed. And you know that's helping your body heal when you get new lenses put in. And so it was just a different way for her to look at it. So it had, I already watched the surgery energetically happen. So when she goes into the operating room in her physical body, it's going to be a breeze because it's already happened. So is there anything in particular you want me to check? Okay. Are you having any symptoms of anything? A lot of times I'll reverse. Things going them. on in my, my breast area. Okay. All right. So I'll check out the girls. Here we go. Thanks. There goes my laser beam from Sweet Home, Alabama, heading over to you uh-huh. in Des Moines. All right. Got you. It's going to your right breast first. Do you wear an underwire bra by any chance?
0: Most okay. days.
1: Yeah. So where the wire comes up on the right side next to your arm, you've got a, a little bit of a lump that's forming there. It's benign, Rachel, but it's just because of the underwire bra. There is... New technology that you can find in the design of bras to not use the underwire. If you feel led to check that out, I do see a couple of other spots. If I'm dividing your breast into quadrants, I'm looking at you from behind. So your right is my right as I'm looking from behind gets too complicated to look at you from the front because I'm going, okay, my right, (laughs) your left. So I just go in from behind. And so there's one little clump of cells kind of in the middle part of your right breast, left of center, about middle way down. I'm encapsulating those and removing those. When I see cells that look dark, those can be malignant and so we always want to encapsulate those and then remove them and it's so minute and our our immune system takes care of them mm-hmm. normally on its own so i'm seeing that and i see where the underwire is have you ever had a sunburn or have one of your kids had a sunburn perhaps where it's a bunch of little tiny blisters you can almost run your fingernail and pop them all kind uh-huh. of in a in a line That's what I'm seeing underneath your breast where your wire goes. So getting rid of that. All right. Let me go over to the other side and see. So you've got another clump more towards the center on the right side of your left breast, encapsulating that, removing that. You've You've got that with the underwire underneath your arm on the left breast as well. So it's benign. I'm removing that as well. Let me see. You do not have breast cancer from what I'm seeing. That's good. Yeah. Okay. But everybody has these little clusters of cells and it's kind of like, you know, you go in for enough x-rays and mammograms and all this stuff. They're going to find something. And a lot mm-hmm. of the time the body just heals it on its own. It doesn't even yeah. need, but then we go into, let's do a biopsy and let's do this and let's do that and all of that. And I I don't get too concerned. If I see a mass that looks malignant, then I'm saying, okay, go see your doctor. I had somebody last week, actually, who had something going on in her, I believe it was her left breast. And it was big enough that I said, I I really want you to go get this checked. You know, go, go talk to your doctor. And um, actually she was in Austin. And I gave her the name of a doctor to go see who's married to a childhood friend of mine. So that worked out great. <laughs>
0: she
1: said, Oh my gosh, you know, this is why I was led to talk to you. I said, I guess so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So when I do a medical scan on somebody, we'll do several swipes. Something will be identified, they'll be healing. Something else will be identified, they'll be healing. And then I always I can do a, feel it. Can you? What do you
0: feel? Yeah. My my girls are tingling. Oh, good. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to tell you that they're perkier and <laughs> I didn't do that, that healing, <laughs> but I can do that. I can pull um, them up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah let's, yeah. let's just do an upgrade while we're at it. We'll please, just uh, Yeah. What me.
1: the heck? Mine's well, <laughs>
0: but it's but interesting they, because I can, then I'll, I can I'll send feel that. Yeah. I can, I can feel like yeah. something moving out. Well, it's
1: more on the right side. And I'll send a follow-up email and I'll have a whole bunch of reference links. Like, read this, consider that, you know, go here. And then I'll highlight the first action items from there. And I'm always reading clinical studies. I am fascinated with healing and it helps me because then when I have somebody on my radar and I see something, it will help me make sense of what it is I'm seeing. For instance, I see stem cell energy repair body parts all the time and it can generate new organs from scratch. It can repair anything that needs to be repaired. It's fascinating. And what I keep seeing is that these healings get updated as the frame of reference for me gets updated. For example, early on, I used to see... When somebody needed like a new kidney, let's say I'd see a I'd see a kidney transplant like I saw in the operating room. I'd see the donor patient, I'd see the recipient, I'd see the the donor kidney get harvested from the donor patient, I'd see the disease kidney get removed, the new one put in, all of that. Don't haven't seen that probably for six or seven years now, Rachel. What I see now is I see a template, think of a plastic mold or even a jello mold. In a certain shape, I see a template and then I see stem cell energy, which looks like a light amber colored gel has sparkles in it, of course, because it's got to have sparkles.
0: And then it <laughs>
1: has kind of a watery consistency. And it reminds me of this hair gel when I was a kid in the sixties and seventies called Dippity Doo.
0: Dippity Doo. Oh yeah. Dippity-doo.
1: So that fills the template or the mold And then there's a vortex that spins above it and that's what creates the new organ. So I'll see the diseased organ get removed. I'll watch the new organ get put in place. I'll see all the plumbing get hooked up with the veins and the arteries and all that jazz, just like they do it in surgery. And oftentimes it will show up on subsequent scans. And I've had doctors call me over the years and say, what are you doing and how does this stuff work? Because there's no... You know, there's no medical explanation for it. So it's really Incredible. been fun watching that. And if you think about it, if you go back to your grade school science lessons, we all learn that every cell has a nucleus. Every nucleus mm-hmm. is surrounded by cytoplasm, a watery gel like dippity doo.
0: Yeah.
1: And our bodies have a centrifugal force that spins that causes us to create billions of cells a day. So I believe I'm watching in my mind's eye, in warp speed, what our bodies do naturally all day long. And that's how the healing happens. And Mm -hmm. spirit is hilarious with these healings because oftentimes the analogies are just crazy. Like I may tell you, oh, your elbow looks like whipped cream or something nutty like that, but you can envision it.
0: Yeah. They're they're going to use your database. Well, it
1: helps you. It helps you integrate the healing if you can envision
0: what I'm describing. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So, yes. It was like embarrassing you said before. First. Well, they're going to use, you have a very beautiful way of taking something that's very cerebral and speaking it in a way that people can understand. And that's, that's a gift in its own.
1: No, thank you.
0: Yeah, it, it's lovely. And I'm hearing the angels say, we're grateful to Julie because there are so many people that think that healing is not for them, that psychic work is not for them. And she brings it to the people, and it's helping people remember their worth, being people remember that it's all for them. Please tell her that we're so grateful.
1: Oh. Sweet.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Well, and I think too, the other thing about all of this is when I'm working with physicians and I'm nailing something that there's no way I could know, and I've never met the patient and I'm on the other side of the country and I, you know, I mean, there's no way, but I nail something. They pay attention to that. They're, They're saying, okay, what if? And so Physicians send patients to me oftentimes when they don't know what's going on. And that's usually when people come to me when they've seen many doctors and had perhaps different diagnoses and different treatment plans. And they're saying, I still got the same symptoms. Can you help? Mm -hmm. Or somebody that wants to talk to a deceased loved one or somebody that wants to do Past life stuff or spirit guide stuff or career advice or whatever we do a multitude of things in the hour that we have together and then people they call into my ask julie ryan show on thursday nights you know that's always oh, fun. which i love thank you Ugh. i never know who's gonna call it i never know what could, what they're gonna ask and so it's really so you much handle fun it's that a pretty well <laughs> total crap shoot i mean i don't even know <laughs> who's in the way who's on the you know
0: in the lines waiting to come on yeah, it's a great show. Well, Julie, thank you so much for wow, sharing just this little piece of you. I have, I have more questions, more, more, more. I could talk to you every night. Thank you. And I can feel the gratitude from my listeners. So thank you from them as well. How can people get a hold of you? Ask
1: com. Everything that's kind of the hub. We're on all the podcast channels. We're on YouTube. Everything's at Ask Julie Ryan. Social media, Ask Julie Ryan. Again, if you want a free copy of Angelic Attendance, what really happens as we transition from this life into the next, then just go to julieryangift.com and we'll be delighted to send a free copy. And, and please feel free to share it because I have a my main spirit guide Clement the said, "That's what you're supposed to do in this lifetime is is help people know what happens when they die because they're so afraid, and there's nothing to be afraid of."
0: That's right, nothing to be afraid of. Thank you, Julie. You are pure light, and I'm grateful. Thank you. Well, my dear listeners, I would like to tell you, as I do every week, that you are loved, and I love you so much. And I can't wait to see you next week. You've been listening to Angel Talk with Rachel Corbis. To learn more or to contact Rachel, visit rachelcorbis.com. Hey, it's
1: Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show.